Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor David Hall. If you'd like to find out more about David or to keep up to date with his ministry, you can visit davidhall.com.au. We hope that you enjoy the message. James chapter 2 and verse 18. And uh, I want to have a look at... Uh, I want to speak on faith in action. I shared with the young people Friday night about faith, and, uh, and I really felt God speak to me and say, you know what, you need to dig into this and preach it to the church as well. And, uh, but I'll, I'm going to obviously preach quite a different message, so if you're here Friday night, you're not going to have to tune out. It's going to be fine. It says, James 2 verse 17, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Somebody say dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. And, and, and uh, he says, show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, a foolish man, that faith without works is dead? I believe the, new, the old King James says, dead being itself alone now i don't want to preach works i believe we lived in the finished work and so the word works here is not really works as in law and bondage and it's better translated as action faith without action in other words faith is an internal conviction with an external response and, uh, and simply put, faith is not saying, I, I, I believe I can walk on water. Faith is getting out of the boat. See, sometimes we think faith is in the confession when faith is actually climbing out and, and stepping out on a word from God. Faith is a funny thing because faith will take a step when there is no step. Faith will build a boat when there's never been rain before. If, if, if Noah had waited for the rains to come before he was convinced to build a boat, it would have been too too late often God will require something of you that seems ridiculous and it's in the ridiculous that the supernatural can sometimes happen and you know as as a conservative like you're gonna laugh I was gonna say as a conservative person by nature but but in in some ways I am conservative I don't take risks I don't get into get rich quick schemes I don't try you know I, I just go bit by bit and day by day and 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 try and be disciplined with our finances and, and and whatever but the truth is sometimes when God says you need to do something big sometimes it scares me sometimes it's frightening but you've got to step out because sometimes in those ridiculous places that God does something but do you know Peter could never have walked on water if Jesus hadn't said come and often we think faith is getting out of the boat just because we feel like we want to get out of the boat faith gets out of the boat on a word from God Are you? because if you step out and it's not a word from God it's presumption and guess what you will sink you know I've seen people step out in faith I'm going to Africa by faith well not really you're just going to Africa because someone said you should go to Africa or I'm going to do this by faith. And we take risks and we call it faith. When it's not faith, it's just a risk. And we've got to understand the power of faith is acting on the word of God. Faith comes where the will of God is known. Can you say amen this morning? And so he says this faith without works, faith without an accompanying action is dead being itself alone. And it says this in the message. He, said, he says, I can already hear one of you agreeing by saying, sounds good. You take care of the faith department. I'll handle the works department. Not so fast. You can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my works. Faith and works, works and faith. 
Faith, let's use my language here. Faith and action. Action and faith. Fit together hand in glove. The word faith comes from the Greek word pistis, which means persuasion, confidence, moral conviction, reliance upon Christ for salvation, constancy, assurance, belief, faith, fidelity. The word works, the word action means to work, to toil, an act, a deed, a doing, a labor. Faith without doing, faith without an action, a conviction and a persuasion without some evidence is not a conviction or a persuasion. If you are convicted about something, if you are persuaded about something, then there's going to be some kind of demonstration that your faith is what you say it is. Now, I'm not saying that we can't pray in faith, but sometimes people pray, Lord, if it be your will. I I don't think you can pray with faith unless you've established in your heart by the Spirit of God what the will of God for that situation is. And so for me, when I pray, I can pray with faith. Because my faith is built on the Word of God. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Now, some people say, well, it comes by reading because back in those days, they didn't have access to the Bible. I believe that's true, but I also believe the Bible isn't a mistake and God doesn't get things wrong. And so I do believe sometimes when you speak the Word, you build faith by your own hearing and you hear God do something and the Word works. And so when you feel like giving up, it doesn't hurt to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. I'm the head, not the tail, above all. Only never below. I'm born to rule and reign in life by one Christ Jesus. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. I'm the anointed of God. I'm called by God. Sometimes you begin to speak the word of God. The, the Bible says he healed all their diseases. The Bible says that, that, that he, he's the God of the breakthrough. The Bible tells us so many things and we can start speaking that and faith can rise in your spirit. Even as I just rattle some of those things off, you can believe God. Maybe some of you are broke. The Bible says give and it'll come back to you. Press down, shaking together, running over. Shall men give into your, into your bosom? And I, you know, I want been given into my bosom I want a blessed bosom moving right along the bosom was actually another name for the pocket in your cloak it wasn't some weird painful experience that a man had to endure I want to give three thoughts on faith this morning number one faith without action isn't faith Because faith is not demonstrated in the word, it's demonstrated in the action. You can have faith for finance, but you're not really acting your faith until you get. You can have faith for a miracle, but you're not acting your faith until you pray. You can have faith for a relationship to come together, but it might not be fixed until you pick up the phone and do something about your faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes we pray for things if we just did things. You say, well, are you saying not to pray? I'm saying both, faith and action. They're indivisible. They go together. It's like word and spirit. It's like God, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Indivisible. The one of three. They're each other. They work together. Action and faith are the same thing. My faith is demonstrated by what I do. I don't have to do things to prove my faith. That's where it gets upside down. Where we get into a works program to try and prove the faith I have. I'm not saying you've got to prove anything. You know, I, I do believe that speaking in tongues is the evidence of the baptism in the Holy Ghost, but sometimes I get scared of that language because we're not looking for evidence. I just want you to get filled with the Spirit and let God do what He wants to do. But I do, I do believe that. But the, the old way of thinking was put the searchlight on people. 
make them prove themselves make them show how how, how spiritual they are make them show how uh, you know how real the experience is prove it to us prove it to you know what it's not about proving you're not doing you're not demonstrating your faith to prove something to religious people you're demonstrating your faith to see breakthrough in your life and to see god do something can you say amen this morning can you say amen this morning noah had faith that god would rescue him but had he not built a boat he would be part of the cast of the little mermaid And you know, we, the problem is as Pentecostals, we know how to talk. We know the lingo. Oh yeah, I've got faith, brother. The rain's coming. It's up to his knees. Oh yeah, God's going to rescue us. He gave you a blueprint to build something, to see something happen. And sometimes we've got to realize God's in those moments where he speaks to us. And David, David had faith God would deliver his people from Goliath. He knew God was a deliverer. Moses talked about the promises of God. But David realized that the deliverance was going to come when he stood behind that giant with five stones. I was going to say two fish and five loaves of bread. I got, got confused. He gave the giant lunch and then while he was eating, chopped his head off. He, the, old, the old switcheroo. The old, he, so he says, he says, I come against you in the name of the Lord. But there was action to his faith. Abraham believed that God was going to give him a child in his old age. He had to act his faith. He had to believe God. He had to lay a hold of God. He had to step out. He had to step out of the land that he was in. And, you know, he was, you get, you visualize that whole thing and it sort of doesn't help your message. But, but you know, but the, the, pro, the problem is, the problem is you've got, you, you've got people that, that believe God wants to take them on a pilgrimage, on a journey and do something great for God, but they're never even willing to do that because they're so overwhelmed by how big the journey is, they're not willing to take that first step of faith and say, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. Can I, can I say I've had to learn to be totally dependent on him, totally dependent on God and, and trusting that he'll do what he said he would do. And my wife and I, we got into a place where I can look you in the face and say, we live by faith. And can I tell you, we see miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle in our life. And I want to tell you, the life of faith, after a while, you wouldn't want to live any other life because it's just not that exciting. Bible says the just shall live by faith. Number two, faith possesses the promise before the promise is possessed. Now the Bible says this. Now I've got to show you this. I'm pumped about this. The Bible says Hebrews chapter 11. It says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. The evidence, the proof of something that is not seen. Faith is proof that the unseen thing is done even though it hasn't been seen. The proof that it's going to happen is in the faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so, and so the Bible says faith is a substance. Water is a substance. H2O is a substance. Depending on the atmosphere you put that substance in, it can be steam, it can be ice, and it can be water. It's a substance. But it will change and expand and change based on the atmosphere, the intensity of the atmosphere that it's in. Your faith is a substance, but how effective that faith is, is based on the intensity of the atmosphere around your life of faith. Because God has given us all a measure of faith. And if you want that faith to expand and grow, you've got to cultivate an atmosphere of faith in your heart and in your life. That's why I think it's important what we listen to. 
You know, people listen to different eras of music and different stuff and they're in the car and they're listening to music that maybe, I say this to young people, I think music is so important that we listen to stuff that builds our spirit and listen to the life of God. I mean, I, I travel and preach and you know that and I've been in meetings where I go to a meeting and they've got, they've got radio playing and they've got music from the world and I'm not saying I'm so scared of the world that I can't hack it in my environment but man I want to get into the anointing of God so I say I need you to turn that off it's not good for my spirit I want to get in his presence and I sort of think to myself man if that's not good for me to minister maybe it's not good for me to listen to it all sometimes what we watch some we get desensitized we watch things that you know there was a time maybe we wouldn't have watched those things that we say God would you would you give us would, would, does this please you? Too? You know, the truth is, some of us we ask about sin and, and and whether or not something's right or wrong, and we and we go, is this a sin or is it not a sin? Because there's some things that are not by nature a sin, but do they please God? And I want to have an atmosphere of faith in my world because I know that pleases God. I want to be able to, the Bible says anything that's not a faith is sin. I want, to, I want to be living in that faith zone where what I'm doing is extending the kingdom, where I'm speaking life, where I'm speaking words of victory, where we're believing that something's going to happen and, and, and believing God to do something. You know, in this church, it's so easy for us to be people who maybe doubt and be naysayers and go, oh, it can't be done or, you know, yeah, that's good. You know, when I get up here and say, hey, we've got to win our city to Jesus, you, you might sit back and say, I've been in church a long time. I don't, I don't believe that. Please, please just do me a favor and never tell me that because I still believe that he can. I still believe that he's coming back. I still believe that he's supernatural. And, and you know, sometimes I, I need to keep, I need to keep, why did Jesus, when he raised Jairus' daughter, he took with him Peter, James, and John? He didn't take Thomas. <laughs> he didn't see Judas in there. Judas was in the other room stealing some of the people's stuff. But Why did he take? He took faith with him. Peter, he messed up, but he's a man of faith. One minute he's chopping off a bloke's ear. Next minute he's saying crazy things, but then he's saying, you're the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus says, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Why? There is something powerful about being a person of faith. I want to be around people of faith. I want to be around people who are bigger than me spiritually, people that think bigger than me, people who dream bigger than me, people who, who, who desire big things to happen. Some people, get so, we get so small in our thinking, so small in, in what, we, what we pray for. We forget how big God is. We forget that, man, one morning God felt like he needed some company, so he flung some stars into the sky. He, he, bring, he hovered over the waters and he declared, let there be light. And, and the Spirit of God switched the light on and he created it and then he go, he made man out of clay in his image he breathed the life of God in him and we went too worried to ask him about helping us get through the week man I mean God, God outdoes himself the guy on the roadside he was looking for something to help him get through his day he said to Peter and John, he said, can I have some money? And they said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to you. Man, he didn't, he didn't just get them through the, the guy's day. He changed his life. And I'm telling you, we've got to lift our faith to go beyond just getting through the day and believe that the God of the impossible man, I'm getting excited this morning. That the God of the impossible can turn something around in your heart and in your life. I want to live the Pastor Keith. I want to live by faith. I, I don't want to live just go just ju- analyzing the seasons. How we got to go? I want to see something happen in this church. Oh, I 
to shrink back. I don't want to. I don't want the church to shrink back. By faith, the just shall live by faith. Man, I'm preaching myself happy this morning. I mean, I was happy before, but now, I mean, after communion, I thought I was never going to get happy. That communion—that wasn't communion. That was just flat preaching right there. That was just flat Bible preach. Thought the rapture was about to happen. I heard the trump of God being. They were getting ready, but then they thought we'd do it at the end of the message because it's very important this morning. Paul and Silas were in jail for casting a devil out of a girl. They get put in jail. Paul and Silas are in jail. They're minding their own business, Ron. They're locked up in stocks. They've been beaten within an inch of their life. And Silas and Paul, it's at midnight. Now, I don't know about you, but if that was me, I'd be mad. I'd be going, all I did was do what you told me to do. You said go into all the world and preach the gospel. You said these signs were following. This was just a sign. I'm walking in the will of God. And they're beaten. They, they could die. And instead of complaining, which is probably what I would do, is anyone else as unspiritual as me, you'd complain if you're in prison? Man, I, I, I complain having to go to some pastor's meeting. So, so, so. But here, here's the, the reality is that they weren't complaining. They, were, they, weren't, they, weren't, they weren't whinging. They started to praise God. They started to magnify God. What does the word magnify mean? If I get a magnifying glass and point at an ant on a sunny day, the sun will kill that ant. And, but let, let me tell you why. Because when you magnify something, you make it bigger. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, David said. Come on, together, why don't we make God big? Paul and Silas did the same thing. They were locked up and they said, why don't we just, why don't we just make God big? Because if we can make God bigger than this circumstance, if we can make God bigger than what we're facing, it's the only way that we can get out. And maybe they thought back, to the time that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego or Shadrach, his shack and a bungalow or his shack, my shack and a bad dingo. They're locked up in prison and the Bible says the furnace was seven times hotter and King Nebuchadnezzar looks in and he starts counting. He said, how many guys did we put in there? They said, we put in three guys. He said, but, but there's four people in there and one of them, one of them looks like the son of God. Maybe Paul. Well, come on, help me preach just a little bit this morning. Paul understood me. Paul and Silas understood that if you, can, if you praise God, you can praise your way to breakthrough with faith. Maybe some of you are in impossible circumstances. Don't sit there and withhold your praise. Don't sit there and be like, no, 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 no. I ain't praising God. I'm angry. I'm disappointed. Let me tell you something. We, we gotta pray. When you're feeling bad and sad and mad and disappointed, that's your cue to praise God. That's your cue to make a joyful noise. That's your cue to enter. Can I tell you, maybe, maybe the Bible says that when they praise God, that the chains fell off every other prisoner. Do you know sometimes your praise may not even be about you? Maybe your praise might be about your neighbor needing a blessing. Maybe. And do you know sometimes we come to church and we're so affected by the seasons that we withhold our praise because maybe God hasn't come through. Maybe God hasn't done something. Can I tell you, your praise actually, the medal of what your praise even is, is proven in the tough seasons. I look around this room and I don't want to point anyone out at all, but I know there's some people here that are hurting and there's people here that are going through hell on earth right now and I see them with their hands lifted and praising God. Can I tell you, that says something to me about them, doesn't it? Because I think, man, if they can praise, it's easy to praise God. If I gave you a million bucks, you'd all be praising God. Woo, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. I mean, some of you would even wear a tie to church. I mean, it would be unbelievable. Yes, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. 
But man, when all hell breaks loose, can you praise God? Can we be people of faith? Faith's a substance. When your faith is in the fire, man, sometimes in the tough times, the perfect conditions for faith to rise. Number three, faith is married to obedience. Somebody say obedience. The name Jesus is in the Bible 984 times. The word Jesus. The word Savior is in the Bible 37 times. The word Lord is in the Bible 7,797 times. You know, we give our hearts to Jesus and we serve God, but there is something powerful about living under the Lordship of Jesus. The word Lord means master. So if the, I'm getting old school, but if the Lord tells you to do something, you do it. And you know, I feel like in, in modern Christianity, there's a lot of people who have Jesus as friend, Jesus as savior, Jesus as healer, baptizer in the Holy Spirit. But they don't submit to the lordship and the authority of God. And so they make their own rules. They, they live according to their own standard rather than living by the word of God. And, you know, I, I believe when God speaks to you and says, do something, you've you, you got to do it. And God says, you've got to do something. You've got to follow the leading of the Spirit. And If we don't believe the full Jesus of the Bible, we create another Jesus. And, and, and another Jesus isn't the Jesus that washes sins away and changes lives. I mean, and I believe in the grace of God. I believe in the fact that when you're born again by the Spirit of God, you mess up, His grace is greater. When a righteous man falls seven times, he gets up an eighth time. I believe in redemption. I believe in forgiveness. I believe in living under the grace of God and not striving and having to prove yourself. I, I believe in resting in the finished work of Jesus. I believe in all of that totally. But if, if, our, if our thinking and understanding of grace means somehow we don't have to submit to the Lordship of Jesus... I submit to the laws of the land. I submit to Jesus. I do, if he tells me to do something, I'm submitted. If his Bible says, don't forsake the assembling together of the saints, which is the habit of some. In other words, go to church. I go to church because that's what the Bible says. The Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. Sometimes I don't feel like loving my neighbor. In fact, sometimes I find my neighbors are just a little bit annoying. They knock on our door too much and, and whatever. But you know what? I love my neighbor as myself. And you might struggle with doing, but do you know part of, Faith is obedience to the Word of God and living by the Word of God. The Bible says that, that, that no drunk shall enter the kingdom of God. Then, then what we've got to do is say, well, we stay away from that. We don't do that. And Christians are breaking those rules left, right, and center and just living how they want to live because they've got Jesus as Savior, but they're not submitted to Jesus as Lord. And the truth is holiness. The, man, the Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see God. We've still got to live clean in a dirty world. The grace of God is an empowering for us to live a clean life. It means we talk clean. It means no unholy thing comes out of our mouth. It means we speak well of one another. It means we lift people up. It means we don't slander. It means we don't hurt people. It means we don't lie. Christians lie. You say, you bring me under condemnation. This morning. No, I'm not. Man, we all lie. Oh, sorry, I didn't see, I didn't see you miss call. Oh, so I'll call you back. I'll call you back and I forget. I, that's terrible. It's bad. I'll do that. And I've got to work on that. But 
but I don't intentionally lie. But but what about when you're you're in the car and you're running late for for your wife and she says, "How far are you from home?" Five minutes, and you know you're 15, but you just don't want to get in trouble. Have you ever done that, Bruce? Have you ever done that? You have. Just repeat after me, Bruce. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. It's all good now, Bruce. You know, I think, I think, I'm not trying to bring condemnation. I'm just saying we actually just have to live under his lordship. And remember the Bible. The Bible's right. has a code to live by. I want to live by the word of God under obedience because, let me say this, if we can't master, and this is where, where faith kicks in, we can't master submitting to this. What happens when God tells you to step out? And in stepping out, it's going to be the opportunity that's going to unlock your destiny in your life. Yeah. If we can't master it in just living right and forgiving, doing what the Bible says, the basics. I'm not saying be perfect. We're never going to be perfect. Sinless perfection is not possible. But sometimes I feel like if we don't listen to his nose, we might not hear the yeses. When, when, he's not, when we're not listening to David... Don't do that. We might not hear his go. Because we've just been so used to just doing what we want to do. We don't get the chance to obey for breakthrough because we're not, we haven't honed our ability to hear from God. If God says get out of a relationship and we stay in it and think it'll all be okay, let me tell you, he, he warns us. He warns us. He says, I want to take you out of that because I've got something better for you. I'm not saying a marriage. If you're in a marriage, <laughs> you're stuck. And everyone said... Amen. Genesis 22 is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's where, it's where uh, Abraham is told by God to kill his son Isaac. Abraham, the Bible says he listened to God. He got up early the next morning. He saddled his donkey. When God speaks to you, do we saddle our donkey and just go? He didn't negotiate. He saddled. And as they're walking up the hill and, and Isaac's carrying the wood for the sacrifice... He's saying, oh, there's wood. I see a knife. Where's the sacrifice? By then, Isaac's smelling a rat. He's not happy. He's, he's asking some very important questions. And then Abraham's like, well, God will provide. And poor old Isaac's going, that's easy for you to say. That's fine. So I wonder if Isaac's smelling a rat by the time that Isaac is now laid on the altar. I don't know. I wonder if Isaac's thinking, okay, you've now tied me up. I... I'm not happy about this. At the midnight hour, and there was a, a ram in the thicket. Now, let me tell you something about sheep. Sheep, they don't have very big lung capacity. And so there's no reason why a sheep would ever be at the top of Mount Moriah other than the fact that God made a way where there is no way. And what I see in this story, coming up one side of the mountain is obedience and faith. And coming up the other side of the mountain is the provision of God. And there is always a meeting point for provision and obedience. And you know the truth is, some of us, we're walking up the mountain and we don't know what, what's going to happen, but we're following God. You need to know there is a moment where there is a, there is a collision with the blessing of God. One of, one of the things that I have learned in my, in my journey of faith is that that opened a door for me to start believing God and realizing that sometimes the pathway to provision is generosity.
sometimes the pathway to blessing is sacrifice. And definitely the pathway to blessing is obedience to God. When you say, God, I I, want to step out, I want to do something, I'm believing God for something. When you follow God, going up one side of the hill is obedience. The other side of the hill is provision. You know, maybe you need the provision of God. It's linked to faith. It's linked to believing. It's trusting Him. Sometimes God just wants to take care of you because He loves you. There's times where God just does things that are unprecedented and they're awesome. But, you know, I feel like our church today, God's given the place of faith injection. Because we've got great days ahead and God is going to do something. And I'm believing this building is going to struggle to contain what God wants to do. In this house, I'm, I'm believing that God is going to do something. And my faith is in this. I'm telling you, I've already possessed the promise before the promise is possessed. Already, when I'm preaching, I'm not preaching to just you. I'm preaching to those that are yet to come and believing God that God is going to do something. Before a lot of you rolled up to church this morning, there was about 20 or 30 people walking through this building, laying hands on every seat, believing God that God is going to do something. Let me encourage you. We've got prayer meetings at 9.30. Come and help us pray. Help us believe God because we're going to see a difference in this place. We're going to see God do something by His Spirit, by the Holy Ghost. And, and uh, But that's my word for today. Can we give the, if you believe it, give the Lord a hand of praise. Let's all stand. We'll close this morning.